Blog Talk Radio. Hello to all the listeners out there, and welcome to this Sunday's edition of the Too Much Show. Today is March 22nd, 2020, and yes, this is the three-year anniversary of the Too Much Show. And on here, it's always real talk by real people, and I am your host, MT, and with me are my co-hosts. Mr. Jones, a.k.a. Sam Jones, and Mr. Come First, because you got to respect me, and the other co-hosts today. Just the truth. And you know what we doing, man? We bring y'all the heat today. Oh, my God. Three years in the making, baby. Hey. Now, I'm excited because this is kind of like my first anniversary. But, you know, I've been so close to the show. So, it feel like I've been here since the beginning of the journey. I don't know how you guys feeling. I'm going to say, I know I'm psyched up. I got my cup in my hand. I'm ready to act a fool today. How you guys feeling today? Yes, Man, I'm, I'm feeling great, good. but um, I'm really good. Yeah, we, third time. To so talk. we got, yeah, so we got a little bit of time. So yeah, we can talk about like the beginning, like how it became an idea and it came about. Uh, I just remember one day, you know, we was chilling and we used to just have these conversations just on a daily basis, me and UNT. And then, you know, one day the light just turned on and it was like, hey, we should actually do a podcast of what we're talking about. We actually had interesting conversations. And then, you know, all of a sudden the show began. I want to say March 23rd, 2017 was our first episode. And I kind of remember the first topic and the reason why we did it was because at the time that was when um, Ezekiel Elliott was going through his little situation at uh St. Patrick's Day that year when he did the whole pull the woman top down and all of that. Honestly, it became a show from there. Um, Let me ask you, MT, uh, what was your thoughts on, like, the beginning and how it came about and how we got to where we're at now today? I mean, no, I mean, it was definitely crazy. We did. We used to debate all the time, and I remember, I can't remember who I was around but they had started recording our conversation because I had you on speakerphone, and they had just started, like, recording our conversation, unknowingly recording. And then they was just like, yo, that shit sounded fire. Y'all need to do a podcast. And, like, I listened to, like, us on that person's phone, like, playback. And, yeah, it sounded good. And then from there I was just like, you know what? We need to do it. And then plus, man, it just got to the point where, you know, one of the real reasons why we did this show, every day ESPN and them was just talking about straight bullshit, um, and we just felt like we weren't getting the truth with a lot of things. Everything was, like, watered down. You know, they wanted to be so PC on a lot of things, and we just didn't get the raw truths on things. And it's a shame that you don't get that kind of stuff from these major networks, but hey, this is what the people like nowadays. They like mediocrity. So we was just like, now nah, we got to give the people real talk, and that's how we're going to do it. Dope, dope. You know, I'm not even going to lie, man. When you guys first started, you guys suck. I was like, man, what the hell are these things talking about? Like, nah. But, nah. 
at first, I was like, ah, this is what's up. I was like, hold on. Because uh, I believe Mr. Jones hit me up and said, hey, bro, you know, we're starting this podcast. Man, you should go ahead and call in. It's going to be dope. So I'm not even going to lie. I'm like, all right, this is one of these hobby things. I'm going to see how this goes out. And then throughout the year, I seen it develop and more content started to come. Everything started to get more structured. And I was just like, all right, this can, this, this is something, this is something nice. I'm like, I actually can listen to this. And it actually came into a trend of my Sundays of how I had just to listen to the show. I'm like, all right, man, you know what? This is part of my lifestyle now. And I think that's a good thing because I'm sure there's other listeners that probably take that into consideration. Because, you know, you don't want to listen to the same guy ramble about nothing every week. So I got to be in somewhere entertaining. <laughs> and then you know what's crazy about it because like the actual thought the emphasis of like even having a podcast is when me and you used to hang out a long time ago this we talking about like what 2010 2011 and i remember the idea of even having a podcast and me and you used to talk about it like years ago and you know now that it's into fruition and you know Everything is the gears are turning. This is like full circle as far as me, man. It's like the idea of having a podcast was because of me and you, and the execution of it and everything was because of the conversations me and P had. And then look at all three of us today. It's like everything's full circle. So you know, it's definitely a blessing and an honor to be amongst the airways with you all in the past three years, man. We're going to continue rocking even the next three years and three years after that. We're going to continue to grow and be real talk by real people for the people. Because like MT said, yeah. man, you change the TV, it's a lot of bullshit. You know what's coming on ESPN which, tonight? Which is true. Exciting because it's quarantine shit. They're actually going to show WrestleMania tonight. That's how much fucking ESPN has came to. Yeah, ESPN is going to show WrestleMania 30 tonight. The, uh, wow. yeah, classic, by the way, the Daniel Bryan one. That's the yes movement. That's the classic one. But that's how, at the point we're at with ESPN right now, even the point we start getting fed up, that's when they start really going PC. I mean, honestly, the genesis of it to me was the whole situation with Jamel Hill and all of that. And how she spoke her mind. Yep. Yeah, how they pretty much decided to silence her. And shout out to her for, you know, doing her own thing and not, you know, being a part of the system and shutting up. You know what I mean? So, yeah, shout out true, to her for that. Was, they were trying to put the muzzle on her at one point. Yeah. Her I, and her, uh, she, I think she did. The, <clears throat> yeah, go they ahead. They suspended her. And they, no, I was just going to say, remember, they suspended her and – they tried to go behind her back and go to Michael Smith and basically tell him, like, look, we want to try you out with a different, you know, co-host. And if that works out, you know what I'm saying, that'll be it moving forward while Jamel is on suspension. And Michael Smith wasn't rocking like that. He was like, nah, I'm good. Nah, if it can't be Jamel, then I don't want anybody on the show. Salute to him for that as well. Yeah. That's loyalty. That's real talk. So, you know, shout out to them for that, man. Honestly, that's a huge genesis into why we got this shit today because, like, no, it's people like you and I that just want facts, that just want to talk about facts. Yep. 
I mean, you know, all right, but you, you said something that. interesting, though. And all right, go ahead. I, I wanted to ask you a question of what do you think or do you think the ESPN needs something or what are they missing as far as them giving back the classic ESPN like we all used to love instead of the watered-down, mediocre ESPN half true, half factual ESPN that they have now? Like well, what's, what's the curve of the cup of saving it and 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 the characters, the characteristics. I mean, like the charisma and honestly, the genuine the authenticity behind it. Because back then they ain't make no special stats for Peyton Manning or LeBron James. Like he's the first person to do this on this day, doing this. Yeah. If you know what I mean, it's that made yeah. up anymore. And then, like, let's be honest. Other than the veterans out there, maybe your Mike Greenberg's, your Scott Van Pelt's out there, like, who else do we have from that golden age of um, ESPN? Like, the Stuart Scats and all that, what made them stand out is, so, they were entertaining, yet they were still giving yep. you news and facts. They had both of them. Now it's like a lot of vanilla, and everyone, honestly, is a replica of Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith started this debate style and everything, and I think everybody follow his same style to the way he projects his voice, to using big words occasionally, even making the jokes here and there. A lot of these dudes sound like Stephen A. Smith. ESPN has really turned into a la the Stephen A. Smith show. That's a big problem of it as well because it's not a bunch of individual personalities anymore either. Like, you knew when Chris Berman was on. You knew when Stuart yep. Scott was on. Even yep, when the Linda Collins was, was, was on. Was her. You, yep. you feel me? Because they all had their own style, personality, and they was they self. But now when you watch exactly. ESPN, I said, it's the fucking Stephen A. Smith show. And that's, and that's a problem because people are not original anymore. I mean, am I right yep. or wrong? And then- no, you're right. And basically, everybody is a bunch of carbon copies, um, they, which is why, you know, people got so upset when Romo got the money that he received and everything like that. And that's why Stephen A. Smith is the highest paid on ESPN because he's the only one out of this, I guess, the newer generation who's on there right now, who's original, who's themselves, who keeps it real. You know what I'm saying? Well, not keep it real as far as his own personality. Obviously, he has his yeah. bias. Um, yeah, I mean, I like Jalen Rose as well. But, like, for the most part, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it is, which is just crazy to me. And it's, it's sad in a way. And, like, everything is about analytics. And then they'll make up some stupid stats. And then people will sit up there and repeat it online when they're debating. Like you said, and they don't even know the meaning of LeBron James. <laughs> huh? Yeah, don't even know the they meaning. They don't of even it. know the meaning of that. Because to but to be honest, it's not a meaning. Like they'll be like LeBron James was the first NBA player on February twenty first in any year to score forty five points, eight assists, and have three blocks. And then people, oh my gosh, he did that on February twenty first. That shit is amazing. And it's like. Why couldn't it be he just scored 45 points, had eight assists, and three blocks? What the thing hell that is kills the me, right? of February 21st? Um, uh-huh. 
It started with it started with Peyton Manning, bro. They just took it to another it level with LeBron. You're right about that, but go ahead, uh, Zeus. I think he going in and out. He had a point to make, but he'll be back with us shortly. Yeah, so but I mean, um, I, that's a little point why you know the show no, we need real. We just need real conversation about sports. You know what I mean? Like how they debate, how they talk, and everything. That's not how we are out here. You know what I mean? Exactly. So that's that's why we did it, man. Because we just want to bring a little bit of real realism to y'all. You know what I mean? We wanted to feel like you know what I mean you in the smoke session. We wanted to feel like you know what I mean. You are on the block or Yo, on the block. Yo, what the hell is that noise? Yo, somebody, somebody's got to hang up. Somebody's got to do something because I keep hearing like a clicking noise, like a damn disc or something like that is skipping. Like, yeah. Yeah, I hear it too. Um, it ain't for me, but yeah, it's it's, gotta, it, it's probably it, it's probably Zeus. It's got to be. Hold on, let me try right. something. Yeah, that was definitely him. Yeah. It was hell. Because I don't hear it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, man. He's got a call back. Yeah, got them damn Circuit City headphones that he used there. <laughs> Circuit City. <laughs> Circuit City <laughs> headphones <laughs> that he used there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Got them going to the phone line. Like Montgomery Ward. Exactly. Oh my God! I mean, to all you DMV people out there, remember the remember the Circuit City uh, Naylor Road and all that everybody used to go to. Of course, (laughs) of course. Then it was H H Greg, and then I don't know what the hell it is now. Probably like a BB supply store or something. Probably like a BB. But yeah, they used to get mad at me in that joke because, you know, they used to have like all the gay sisters or whatever you could try out. I used to do that joke for hours. <laughs> like, I remember, like when the Xbox first came out, they had what, NFL Fever? Bro, I was playing that joke for yep. hours. And they used, like, they used to be like, so uh, are you shopping here today? <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that just be hilarious. They used to look at me like, hurry up and buy. <laughs> happening. 
I mean, no. And I think if anyone's seen that Tom Brady is going to be anything other than the Patriots, I would question your logic. I mean, yes, the writing was on the wall the past year or two. You can literally see some of the tension between Brady and Belichick. Like, you can hear some of the things and, you know, backhanded comments and everything. But, I mean, at the end of the day, no one's seen this coming. And for him to choose Tampa Bay, it's a a bittersweet move. I mean, it's a good move uh, football personnel-wise because – what he wanted and what he lacked last year, the reason why he wasn't successful because he didn't have a good receiving core. But if you look at him now, he might got one of the best yeah. in the league with Evans and Goodwin and got Cameron Bray that tight end that can be a beast. Like this might yeah, be. Yeah, O.J. Howard when he's healthy. Yeah, O.J. Howard. I'm going to be honest. I think the tight end is going to benefit the most from Brady. And whatever yeah. running back they acquire. Because they got to get a running back. They got to have some type of running game. Because the most successful yeah. teams, even though it seems like it's a passing league, but the most successful teams record-wise, like the Ravens, they ran the ball the most last year. You got to run mm-hmm. the walk to be successful. To be successful, yeah. especially in the regular season, you got to run the rock. So they do need yep. some type of running back. So I think it's a good move for him, man. Like, what do all the old people do anyway, especially old gangsters, old rich people and all that? They go to Florida and they retire. That's it. Well, That's one of them, well, well, one of the reasons, obviously, this is one of the reasons that he put out there for the media was, uh, you know, his son and I guess his oldest son is going to a school down there. So it gave him the opportunity to be closer to him and, you know, make sure, like, he gets a good education. But overall, we know what it was. The, the tension, like you said, the tension was growing against Brady and Belichick. Uh, they got along for the sake of winning the last few years because what Brady didn't like was Belichick was trying to trade him to keep Jimmy G there. I know this report broke now, but I'm literally I'm asking people, I'm like, why is this even news to you? They talked about this during the time that it happened. Brady was saying that he wanted to play until 45. Bill Belichick was like, look, I let go of Brissett. We let go of, uh, what was the other one? It was Brissett and what was the other QB? Somebody else around that time. I can't remember who exactly. But Bill was like, I'm developing. No, nah, it wasn't Hoyer. He wasn't shit. They didn't really believe in him. But it was Brissett, and it was somebody else who was supposed to be, like, decent. Might have been Matt Castle. But Belichick was like, I keep getting these quarterbacks, developing them, and then I got to let them go. Jimmy G is somebody who I can work with, who can listen, who can take over for Brady and continue my success. This way I can show the people that it's not just Tom winning these rings, it's me. It's my personnel decision. It's this and it's that. And so Tom basically told Belichick after you, went to Kraft and was like, I'm trying to play until 45. I'm not going anywhere like you owe me this. That's why they traded Jimmy G because it was originally supposed to be Brady going to the 49ers. But uh, uh, Brady stepped in and was like, no, I'm not ready to leave. I'm not going anywhere. So that trade happened when Jimmy G went to San Francisco, Brady stayed, and then now Brady wanted more control. 
that's one of the main reasons why he went to Tampa Bay. So the two demands that he had that the Patriots weren't willing to give him was he wanted say-so over the play calling. And, no, I'm not talking about uh, the audibles and everything at the line. Of course he has the freedom to audible and change out of a play. That's not it. It's talking about we're putting the game plan together. That's what he wanted to say-so in. So he wanted to say-so in that, and he wanted to say-so in roster moves. And we all know what that stemmed from. Him and Belichick were upset with Kraft after they released Antonio Brown uh, shortly after that Miami game. And Brady's like, well, I don't have any help now. Can you bring me somebody here who's actually going to be able to step up and be solid? They went and got Muhammad Sanu. But let's, let's be real. Muhammad Sanu, the reason why he got pushed out of Atlanta was because Calvin Ridley, a rookie, was stepping up and basically taking his number two spot. And Muhammad Sanu, like, he's an average receiver at best. He's not a stud. He's not somebody who you can rely on. And he's damn sure not a number one valuable option. So with that being said, Brady was just like, look, I'm not going to waste the last two to three years of my career fighting hoping that y'all bring me somebody here. I need more control, so it's either you give me that control or you all are going to force my hand. Kraft and them didn't want to do it. I don't know who's going to step up and be New England's quarterback now. I don't know if they're going to grab somebody from free agency like a Cam Newton. I don't know if they're going to uh, grab they, a uh, – uh, huh? They're talking about the, uh, the more than likely choice is going to bring Jacoby for setback because, you know – the coach got their quarterback now, um, so oh yeah, they yeah, got yeah. Philip Rivers. Rivers. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then I mean, I think the tension really became ahead during that Philly Super Bowl too, because yep. the decision of not playing Malcolm Jenkins that game was really a starting point. And let's let's be honest, let's chalk it up at the end of the day to what it really is: it's ego. Yep, you made me. I made you. That's pretty much what it is. Now we're going to see who really made who, what they're going to do without each other. Yeah, I mean, I think Brady will be fine. What? Yeah, because, like, he knows the system. He knows the system well. He can call, he can game plan himself the Patriot way if he wanted to, Brady. Exactly. And I think think at the end of the day, um, Brady will be fine. So you yeah. by you saying that, what, what quarterback that you know of actually systemized the whole offense, let alone team? Hold on, say that again. Say it I one more time. You breaking up? It's really tough to hear you. That you know of. It well, it's really tough to hear you. Every yeah, but I, I, my bad. Go, go ahead, Mister Jones. No, go ahead. I so I got I got the gist of what you said, like, you know what I mean, what quarterback kinda had his own system or made the system better, you know what I mean, just by being a quarterback. I mean, sure answer will definitely be like a Peyton Manning. I mean Peyton Manning was his own institution, was his own system and everything with the course the short time because out of you know, all the years he played in Indianapolis in particular a lot of people can't name who the offensive coordinator is. It was Peyton, you know what I mean? So I think he's one of them definitely that kind of made the system better. I mean, another one I would say is Dan Marino, but his situation was different 
he wasn't the one, you know, calling the plays at the line or doing that, even though he had control to it. But his was more like, dog, I'm so talented. The plays you're calling me, I'm going to make something better out of it. You give me a slant, I'm going to throw a bomb and get a touchdown. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. Marino made the system better because of his talent. But as far as, like, game planning, mental preparation, reading the defense, doing all that, pretty much being a coordinator, it was definitely Peyton's short answer. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, at the end of the day, every QB is a part of a system. Everybody has a system. That's what helps a quarterback. That's what helps things work. But at the end of the day, what Brady wanted, I don't think was far-fetched. I brought you all six. I brought you all nine Super Bowl appearances with six of them ending with a win. And, yes, Adam Vinatieri had to win by three points. I mean, had to kick the game-winning field goal in the first three Super Bowls. However, Vinatieri wouldn't have got into field goal range if it wasn't for me. In my second Super Bowl alone, I threw for over 300 yards and completed either two or three touchdown passes against the Carolina Panthers, and I did not throw an interception that game. I came back on a year where was ranked 29th in the league. I came back off of a four-game suspension, balled the fuck out, made it to the Super Bowl, and beat the high-powered Atlanta Falcons that year after being down 28-3. to So, at the end of the day, that was a minor request, and it was the New England Patriots essentially flexing. And, um, yeah, it's the New England Patriots flexing, and it's Kraft and Belichick saying, you're not greater than, I guess, the team or the system, and we're not going to give you that type of control. So, again, I hope I wish the Patriots the best. I don't have any ill will towards them. Sometimes it's just better to move on and separate. And remember, Brady was seeking $30 million a year. His base salary is only $25 million. He signed a two-year $50 million deal, but he got an additional $9 million coming to him in incentives depending on what he accomplishes in Tampa Bay. So... At exactly. the end of the day, man, yeah. So at the end of the day, I, I mean, we're going to assume that it worked out for both parties, but I like Brady's situation in Tampa Bay. And let's not forget, like, that team, what did they go, 7-9 and nine last year? They went 7-9 and nine or 8-8, eight and eight, and that was with a quarterback throwing the ball to the other team. How many games ended in pick sixes? How many games ended with Jameis Thule an interception to end the game after bringing the team back. That That's not going to happen with Brady. The most interceptions Brady has ever thrown in his career was 14. He only had eight interceptions last year, and the man is 42 years old, I think now 43. So th- this whole notion and everything of, oh, he's washed up and everything, I'm trying to figure out how is he washed when he threw for over 4,000 yards. 24 touchdowns, and I'm not saying you called him washed up, Mr. Jones. I'm just talking about, like, the outside people, the, the people that hate him. No, no, like, yeah, the thing yeah, is, yeah, yeah, I got a conversation. Yeah, like, my thing is, yeah, like, my thing is, if you don't like him, that's fine. And I, and I hear a lot of people say, look, I don't like Brady because I just can't stand him because he wins too much. 
but that dude is the greatest quarterback ever, which he is because there's nobody there. He won NFL MVP. He's the oldest player, mm-hmm. oldest quarterback to ever win it, uh, oldest quarterback mm-hmm. to win a Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's he, he's there. And Tampa Bay, with the weapons that they have, that chemistry, too, with having Godwin there, with having Mike Evans, O.J. Howell, and Cameron Bray. Honestly, do you know what this, that receiver, you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of when they had Gronk and Aaron Hernandez there. That was the year after he got traded, and they had Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. That's what that reminds me of. It does. So, yeah, that's, yeah it, it's going to be crazy. And people people may not like it, but, oh, well, like, that's it. And another thing that's sad, and I got into a debate with a couple people online about this, is I put out a post. And, you know, everybody keeps comparing Drew Brees and everything. Shout out to the Saints, one of their free agent moves. They did get Emmanuel Sanders there. That's going to help out their passing game and Michael Thomas even more. But um, Brady has gone to the Super Bowl nine times. Nine have there. Not once. Nine times. Let that sink in. Nine times over the past 20 years of 21 season, and not one time was Drew Brees able to meet him there. But yet, Drew Brees is being regarded by some as being better than Brady or being the greatest of all time. The greatest of what? The regular season? Stat padding? Because the damn show ain't winning. People forget three out of the past, three times out of the past five years, it's been mainly Drew Brees' fault why his team didn't go to the next round. Everybody complains about that Rams pass interference call. Yes, the pass interference call, it should have happened. Uh, the, the flag should have been thrown, however it wasn't. But what they don't talk about is that in the fourth quarter, he, uh, the team couldn't move the ball anymore. They had to settle. No, they settled for a field goal, and then in overtime is where he threw the interception. And then it was twice where Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Now you sound a little choppy, but it's crazy to me. I know. So Zeus, uh, Zeus is trying to get back on. However, uh, it's technical difficulties, which is kind of expected. Um, especially with everything going on with the coronavirus and everything in the quarantine. But, um, man, let's talk about other free agency moves. So what do you think about Emmanuel Sanders going to the Saints? Like, how do you feel about that? I mean, it's good to have an extra weapon and everything, but Emmanuel Sanders, it seems like uh, lately he's had a trying time in his career because he's just jumping team to team to team. I think he's a good additional threat. This is all about the play caller and how they use him the best of his ability. So I'm not going to say I'm undecided because at the end of the day, Breeze is quarterback and Sean Payton is coach, and they're going to find ways for him to get open and get yards. So either this might uh-huh. be a breakout season for Emmanuel Sanders or, you know what I mean, it's going to be something pretty decent. But 
I don't expect a fall off, you know, statistic wise, but as far as impact, I am a little questionable. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> well, to me, I think it's going to have some impact, and the reason I, I think it will, and the reason why I say it's going to have some impact because if you look at look at uh, look at San Francisco's passing game before he got there. It it was pedestrian at best. It was very average. They made that trade, got yeah. him, and that's when they took off. Devo Samuel was able to get free. He was able to have a good rookie campaign and be the receiver yes. that the 49ers wanted. So Emmanuel Sanders, I mean, to me, he he's that solid number two guy. Is he a number one receiver? No. But he is a solid number two. He's a guy – who can get you a thousand receiving yards? We're drawing up good game plans against them in the playoffs. Regular season, definitely successful. You can't, you you couldn't stop him. And you, to be honest, he wasn't really stopped in the playoffs. But it's just like, all right, we'll let Mike get his, but we know that they don't have anybody else. So let's just zone in on Kamar. Let's take this person out. And that's when they tried to, you know, mix in Taysom Hill and. You know, things like that, but overall what we had was what you had was a one man it was a one trick pony out there, which was the Saints utilizing Michael Thomas. So they would let him get off because they knew none of the other receivers could create separation or do anything. Exactly. Man. Yeah, so I mean they have a good game plan, and Sean Payton is an excellent coach. So I think over time, you know, everything is going to click. It might be rough in the beginning, but over time, everything's going to click. And they're going to have a good season offensively, yeah. like the usual. But I don't think that was their main need. <laughs> no, it's and not. they well, had a pretty good Now you sounding a little choppy. Oh, you sound a little oh, choppy. So, yeah, so they need a decent defense. So I, I would have went for, like, somebody in the secondary. That's their biggest need, unless it's someone in the draft, whenever the draft's going to happen. But, yeah, I I don't think that was their, you know, biggest need, but it's still a decent move mm-hmm. as far as, you know, making a splash out there. But honestly, the the main thing this year is quarterbacks. Like, it's a lot of quarterbacks being yeah. moved, and it's like a whole quarterback shuffle. And there's still plenty of moves to be made because it is some starters out there that looks like they are left in the dark for the most part right now. Yeah, I mean, what you – Like – Yeah. Go ahead. Now, I was just going to say, what you had yeah. the, uh, as far as quarterbacks, you had Nick Foles being traded. So he's a Chicago Bear now, I want to say. Yeah. So he's with the Bears. Yeah. And now they got and they got Jimmy Graham as well. Jimmy Graham uh, signed a two-year deal with them. And the Bears turned around and picked up Robert Quinn as well on the edge. So, woo. I thought that was a great move. Look out. I thought that was a great move. And honestly, I didn't really want to get in the Cowboys, but – that's a big loss for the Cowboys too. And oh, yeah. that's loss. the trend so far. This is the trend so far this free agency with Dallas, man. Is the defense that 
we had, they're getting, they're leaving one at a time. A lot of them is leaving. So, they are. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but Sean, Lee, deep... Sean Lee's back for another year. You, you heard that the Cowboys signed Gerald McCoy, right? No, but that's a good move. But, damn, we, is a team full of tackles, though. But that is a good move. Definitely a good move. Uh, Ha-Ha Clinton Dick, we picked him up, but he's somebody, he was okay. I'm glad that we released Jeff Heath. Uh, I'm glad that the Dallas Cowboys released Jeff Heath. To me, he was somebody that was average. Uh, He could hit real good, but as far as covering, he just wasn't that great. So hopefully Ha-Ha fits in our system. Um, I don't know why we re-signed Anthony Brown. To me, he was somebody who was average as well. But he came cheap, so that's probably why. Million-dollar deal and $60 million guaranteed. The man got $40 million at just the signing alone. Okay? Uh, well, now, but, my thing is, he got to live up to the fucking money now. Of course he does. <laughs> like, like the, the the pressure is there, but the pressure definitely uh-huh. is there. And then, uh, as far as Cam Newton, it looks like it might be the beginning of the end for him in Carolina, man. Oh, yeah. I know, most definitely. It, it's definitely the end for him. Uh, but even with the Dallas Cowboys, man, where do we stand right now with receivers? Because... Literally, it's Amari Cooper and Gallup, and then, what, Tavon Austin, who has the dropsies? Like, he's got all the speed in the world, but this guy's like Nelson Aguilar when it comes to catching. So do we have a solid slot receiver? Because we let Randall Cobb go. I think he went either with the Vegas Raiders. Yep. Yeah, so what are the Cowboys? I did not get get why they settled for Marcus Mario, but that's another story. I don't get why they because that either. That because he he's not even better than what the, he's not better than Derek Carr if you ask me. Hell no. Like in spite of what was going on in Las Vegas last year, Derek Carr actually had a pretty decent season. And as far as like accuracy is concerned, he is by far one of the most accurate passers in the league too. Yeah, and then they went and got so, so here's so here's what the Raiders did. The Raiders went and signed a bunch of people that to me average as hell. Uh like you went out there, you got Mariota, you got Jeff Heath from the Cowboys on a two year deal for eight million. I'm not sure how he's gonna work in that system. Uh Eli App was getting burnt since his last couple years in uh with the Giants, and then when he went to the Saints, he did absolutely nothing. And then they went out there and signed Nelson Aguilar as well, and old-ass Jason Witten. Jason Witten obviously will bring the veteran leadership, but, like, let's call it what it is with Jason Witten. Witten got signed and went out there because, <clears throat> like, he, he probably wants to retire out there and live in Vegas. Like, let's be real. That's all that is. I, I mean, he's a good face. He's a good face for the team, yeah. you feel what I'm saying? Far leadership exactly. and everything. And I'll be honest, when I look leadership. at Jason Witten, I look at a future I look at a future politician, to be honest with you. Exactly. This might be the move we gotta make for life at the football. I'll be honest with you. Exactly. It's crazy, because yeah, when I do see exactly Jason Witten, that'd be like 
future mayor, future councilman, maybe future governor. Yeah. And uh, most definitely. But um, so the franchise tag actually on. No, that's true. I mean, and just to piggyback off of two, what we were talking about earlier with the QBs and everything. So Dak Prescott, he's not going anywhere. Uh, we placed the exclusive franchise tag on him. And here's what I want to tell people. Please stop. Please stop letting the media, because people get all hyped up, oh, Dak, he's not going to play. Dak should sit out. He's upset he's not going to get his deal. Listen, the franchise tag was used on Marcus Lawrence, came in, and offered Dak the money that he wants just to bring them there to sell some tickets and jerseys. Right now, a lot of these NFL owners, they're scared. They're scared because this coronavirus is messing with everybody's money, messing with the NBA, messing with the NHL, messing with March Madness and all the colleges. It's messing with baseball money right now because baseball season should be going on right now, but it's not. And what the NFL doesn't want to do Exactly. But they they at least want to sign, bring some faces there, bring some names. That way team fans will feel more comfortable. They'll buy jerseys and then they'll even they might not buy season tickets, but they'll buy tickets to the game in the hopes that this coronavirus and everything will be over. But just to get back on the sphere, you know, us back into everything and bring it into fruition, Dak Prescott will get the money that he wants. He will get the contract. Yeah. They placed the tag on him so no other team would be able to swoop in and grab him. Dak will get his money. A deal will be done before the season starts because I'm sure there were teams that were going to jump out there and try to offer him some money. Yeah. So, and then, um, yeah. for example, the whole Mark Cooper thing. We ain't just signed oh, him. You, it was other teams offering a lot of money. I can't hear you. No, I said wait. I can't hear you. You're can breaking can up. you hear me better? No, Man, this this signal crazy. It's crazy this morning. This signal, but yeah, can you hear me? You you just choppy. Like I can hear you, but for our listeners, like yeah, I, I'm sure like they're pissed yeah. right now. I know because like you're kind of choppy too, and we're gonna get this shit right in about 15 minutes for part two. It is crazy. But, yeah, uh, even the Mari Cooper thing, I try to talk through it. It wasn't easy. Like, the Redskins made a great offer to Amari Cooper before this. And he turned it down because his loyalty to Dallas. Everybody ain't as loyal. Nope. People, they're not loyal to the brand of the team they play for. They're loyal to their family. They're loyal to, you know, their self-preservation. They are loyal to getting yep. what they deserve. And honestly, Dak deserves the money. Because if you look at it right now, yeah. he's looking like he could be the successful quarterback in Cowboys history. He looking like it, statistic-wise. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. It's, uh, it's crazy. But no, here's what we're gonna do, man. We're not going. We're not gonna put the fans through this and the choppy audio and everything. So what we're gonna do is, you all, we have about 15 minutes. 
until our next episode, our regular scheduled time of 11 a.m., so please catch us then. And we're going to do some troubleshooting and get this audio thing figured out. So we will see you on about 15 minutes. We will continue the NFL free agency conversation as well as other topics like celebrities and the coronavirus and what Cardi B and her comments said, as well as new music by the weekend that came out, uh, the new project. So we'll see you all soon. Well, we'll hear from you all soon.